Reaching Tax Flow podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow podcast, everybody. Today, episode 64, we are going to look at those quarterly estimated tax payments. So, not sure what that is, you are in the right place to find out. So, before we jump into it, let's take a brief moment and thank our sponsor on this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Legacy Lock. If you are new to estate planning or simply need to review your current plan, Legacy Lock makes it as easy as pie. Legacy Lock is a unique platform that enables you to easily complete your attorney-drafted documents conveniently from the comfort of your home or office. Your first step to this peace of mind is simply visiting teachingtaxflow.com legacy. Welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. We are a weekly podcast designed and brought to you by Teaching Tax Flow. In case you didn't know that, in case you completely skipped the intro, that's your first time hearing about it, welcome to the big show. I think that's a wrestling joke. I'm not exactly sure. But regardless, today we're going to talk about these little things that come around four times a year called quarterly estimated tax payments. So if you're not familiar with that, Chris Picciro, the man, the myth, the legend, the wizard, the CPA, uh, we'll just call him a smart guy. He's here to tell us all about it. What's happening, Chris? Well, Judd, Happy New Year, first of all. Happy New Year to all of the people in our teaching tax flow community. Uh, Happy New Year, and you might owe some tax due in a couple weeks. And you know what? Let's start off the new year with a joke, shall we? Oh, boy. Yes, I'd love to hear your joke. So, So this one is for you, good sir. You know? Yeah, I guess you're this. Well, you're more than this. Let's put it this way. You're very complex, but a very, you know, you're a good dude. So why do you think most accountants are so good looking? Any guesses? Oh, I would say, I don't know. That's a good question. Because they have such great figures. Oh my word. Well, you know what, John? Um, <laughs> I can't comment on my own figure. The only, the only thing I could do is because we have to put it in every episode, continue to get out on the pickleball court. All right, all right. So, so you're starting off. You're starting off the year in a good term. Okay. So let let's just jump into these things. Let's clear the air. So, what in the world is a quarterly estimated tax payment, and who who do these things apply to? Does this apply to everybody that's making any money here in the states, or or what's the deal with these things? Correct. So we're going to talk about federal quarterly estimated tax payments. On this podcast today, and you know, there are most states have quarterly estimated tax payments. States that have a state income tax, we're going to focus on the federal side. Now, let's start off by someone that is works somewhere as an employee. Their only source of income is a W two, and what happens on your W two form is that taxes are automatically withheld from from your pay by your employer based on your, what you tell your employer your filing status is and what your dependents are, and you give them what's called a W-9. So for someone that simply works somewhere, their taxes are withheld, or let's say they're on Social Security and retirement, and they have a pension, and taxes are withheld from all those sources at an adequate amount, they don't have to worry about estimated tax payments. But there are a lot of people out there that are self-employed, or business owners, or rental property owners, that have a lot of income that there is no tax withholding from. 
right? Because you're you're not you're not employed by anyone. You are simply earning that income. You you have deductions, but you're paying tax on that net income. So as a taxpayer, it's your responsibility to make tax payments. Now, as an employee, let's say you get paid weekly. In that case, you actually are paying your taxes. They're getting withheld weekly. But when you're an employee or an employer or you're self-employed or a business owner, you are required to make these tax payments on a quarterly basis. And there are some rules as far as how much you have to make as far on a quarterly basis. And there's some penalties and interest if you don't do that. But so before we dive into that, so let's just think about the theory of, okay, I'm self-employed. I should be, we're on a pay-as-you-go tax system here in the United States. So as I go through the year, I have to make quarterly estimated tax payments. Now, the IRS does understand that people that are self-employed and business owners and rental property owners, their income fluctuates. They're not on a salary like uh, someone that works might work in corporate America. Um, so their income is going to fluctuate. So the rules for quarterly estimates are a little flexible. And we're first going to start with what are the quarterly estimated dates. Now, the IRS might have had a couple uh, couple drinks when they decided what the quarterly estimated dates, payment dates are, because you would think that the dates would be January, April, July, and October. And they must have had a couple of drinks, Chris, because the word flexible does not come up very often. Anything related to taxes, usually. That is true. That is true. Um, but it gets tricky with the for federal quarterly estimated tax payments, and it really revolves around the federal fiscal year end and budget. But let's start with the first quarter. The first quarter, your first quarter estimated tax payment is due on April 15th of the year. That seems pretty legitimate, pretty straightforward. And any income that you earn from January to March should be paid by April 15th on a quarterly estimated tax payment. The second quarterly estimated tax payment is due June 15th, mm, only two months after April. Yes, that is correct. Very odd, but it is true. So so your income for, for April and May are paid in June. The third quarter is September 15th. So that's going to be June, July, and August. And then the fourth quarter is January 15th of the next year. So for 2023, our fourth quarter estimated tax payment is due January 15th of 2024. Now, time out. Before you guys fact check me and say, ah, I thought the quarterly payment was due January 16th this year, you are correct. If the federal quarterly tax payment date falls on a holiday or a weekend, then it gets bumped to either if it's on the weekend, that Monday, or like if it's Martin Luther King, uh, day, then it would get bumped to the next day. So at times, the, the tax payment is a day or two or three after the 15th, based on if it's on a weekend or a holiday. So we've got April 15th, first quarter, June 15th, second quarter, September 15th, third quarter, January 15th on the personal side for the fourth quarter. So those are the due dates of your quarterly estimated tax payments. And the best way to approach those is don't wait until the due date. That way, if you, you're off a few days, eh, you know, you're not on the, uh, on the naughty list, as we would have said last month around the holidays. Exactly. So now we know the dates. The, the most complicated part of this is how much do I pay? 
because I don't know what my income is going to be. And there are, you know, especially for the smaller business owners that don't have a complex accounting system, they don't even know what their income was from the quarter before at times. So here are the rules, okay? As a, as a taxpayer, and these rules go for everybody, not just business owner, but as a taxpayer, you are required, you're required to pay in tax at the lesser of these two numbers. One, 90% of your current tax year liability, or two, 100% of your prior year tax liability. And those estimated tax payments all have to be paid by January 15th. So let me, let me paint a picture. Let's say in 2022, John, your total tax was $10,000, okay? And let's say in 2024, no, that was 2022. Let's say in 2023, your total tax was $15,000. And let's say you're self-employed. You would have had to pay in the lesser of 100% of your 2022 tax, which is $10,000, or 90% of your current year tax, 90% of $15,000, $13,500, you would have had to pay in the lesser of that amount by January 15th or 16th because of the holiday or weekend of 2024. So typically how this works is someone when their tax return is completed, based on their previous year's tax, your quarterly estimated taxes are calculated. Now, in, in your fact planner, John, you know you're gonna, you would make your quarterly payments of $10,000 and that $3,500 that you still owe, that will be due by April 15th, okay? We're gonna talk about that date in a moment. But as long as you paid in that $10,000, then you are what we call penalty proof. You are in a safe harbor and you don't owe any money until April 15th of 2023 for the, tw or 2024, I'm sorry, for the 2023 year. So in general, as long as you pay in as much as your tax was the previous year, and those payments don't only have, aren't only quarterly estimates, they can include W-2 withholding, withholding from social security, withholding from retirement con uh, distributions. As long as that's paid in, you're safe and sound till April 15th. And actually, Chris, when we're looking back, you know, when the, the IRS is basically saying, you know, look at your previous year. So say you're looking at, you know, for conversation's sake, we'll just say you're looking at Q1. So say I'm I'm preparing to make a Q1 payment, estimated tax payment. Um, well, you know, we'll say looking back at a Q1. So we'll say I'm, I'm in April, I'm about to make a payment. And you mentioned, you know, a, a tax of 10 or 15,000 the previous year. So are we talking quarter to quarter comparison or are we talking looking at the entire tax year prior and just divvying that up by four because obviously there's some seasonal workers out there where you know etc in michigan there's a lot of seasonal workers because a lot of them don't do anything in the wintertime um good point kind of walk us through that a little bit like what does that comparison look like in general you're going to take the tax and you're going to divide it by four equal payments and pay those each quarter there are three complications to this though that i that i want to talk about the first one you mentioned is the seasonal person so if your income is seasonal, you can make your tax payments based on 
the seasonality of when you earn that income, as long as the total equals $10,000 in your in the example we set forth, that's no problem. So if you don't earn a lot of money in the winter, your first quarter, you might not even owe any tax January, February, March. If you own a lawn care business and you don't do snow plowing and you're in Michigan, you probably have no income the first quarter. So you would have paid nothing in the first quarter. But the second and third during the summer and that September 15th payment, you would probably have the bulk of your income you'd be paying in. The, so seasonality can throw a wrinkle into things. My concern about one thing to be aware of those, if you don't make those estimated tax payments, you're going to have to include a special form when your tax return is prepared called the form 2210. We'll include that in the show notes. And that form tells the IRS, hey, I earned my, I didn't earn my income equally each quarter. I earned it this amount this quarter, this amount the second, third, and fourth. So it shows it's an annualization of income form that you're telling the IRS, this is why I didn't make my quarterly tax payments on an even basis. So that's one of our applications. And that's some great insight there too, because we have to always assume that the IRS will not assume something in our favor, right? So if they, they're they not going to know unless we tell them. Then what what was that form again? It's a, it's a form 2210. I'll give you an example of, let's say you have a client that is a retail operation. They might be really slow the first half of the year, and they might earn 80% of their net income from Thanksgiving to Christmas. So their fourth quarter payment is going to be significantly higher than the first three quarters. Or let's say you have a taxpayer that had a huge capital gain in the last quarter. You're going to want to fill that form out to the IRS because you're making you're legitimately making a fourth quarter payment because that's when you earned your income. So the, the easiest thing is to make them you know, on an equal and quarterly basis, but complication number one of three, seasonality. And if you have that situation, definitely talk to a tax professional. If you are self-employed, there is some software out there, QuickBooks Online Self-Employed, for instance, actually calculates your quarterly estimated tax payment as you go, and you can make those quarterly estimated tax payments right in the software. But we're going to talk about at the end how to make these payments. So that's, that's complication number one. Complication number two is what happens if your income is lower, right? And this happens quite often um, with, with, with self-employed or business owners where they might have an amazing year in 2022 and 2023 is a lot lower. So what happens then, because you're paying, you're making estimated tax payments based on a much higher income year. In that case, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take advantage of that 90% of current year tax safe harbor. So you're gonna to wanna to work with your tax professional to recalculate your quarterly estimated tax payments based on a lower income amount. So that's really important to understand. Now that, that takes a little bit of effort, but I know in our private CPA practice, if someone's income was $500,000 in 2022, and it's only gonna be 100,000 in 2023, we don't want to set them up for quarterly estimated tax payments based on the $500,000 of income. They would take all of their income and make quarterly estimated tax payments and they'd have no income left. But be real careful if you're going to use the 90% of current income rule to stay in the, what we call the safe harbor because you really need to know what that income figure is. But that would be complication number two is what happens if your income drastically goes down and you're set up for quarterlies based on... Um, based on a higher amount. The third complication comes in 
in, in our private CPA practice, we and we know I know we have a lot of tax pros that listen to this. Is we have about two thirds of our client are tax extensions. So a couple things with the tax extension. A tax extension gives you more time to to file your return, but not pay. So remember, I said so. Let's John. Let's go back to that example. John Johnny T, sole proprietor. Your 2022 tax was ten thousand dollars. Your 2023 tax was fifteen thousand. You're a good taxpayer. You took after your dad and you made your quarterly estimates a week ahead of time. You have $10,000 paid in. It's April 1st. And you're like, hey, man, we have to file an extension. I said, this is a great idea because maybe we want to make a SEP contribution. Maybe there's some deductions that we want to make sure we take advantage of. Let's file a tax extension. But I know that your total tax in 23 is going to be 15000 So I say, John, you're going to owe $5,000. We need to make that estimated tax payment with it with your extension, or else you could be penalized. Because the extension gives you till October to file your return, but doesn't give you till October to pay the tax. So complication number three is make sure that if you're filing like filing a tax extension, to pay any tax that you owe for the previous year with the extension. We have another complication when you file an extension. What about, let's say you're going to file in June, first week of June. What about the first quarter 2024 now that was due in April 15th? So one of the hacks that we do is when we're filing extensions for clients, we're actually going to calculate what we think you're going to owe for the 23 tax. And we're going to calculate what we think you're going to owe for the 2024 first or second quarter tax and make that payment as an extension. That way we automatically know you're going to be overpaid for twenty, the 2022 year and apply it to your 2023 extent estimated tax payments. So if you're overpaid on your tax return when you in a given year, you could always apply that to your next year quarterly estimates. Now, again, this is, comp- this is a complication that most people don't file extensions. So it's, even though it's, it, it is the most complex complication, it's, it's important to understand that when you file that extension, keep in mind that you might want to overpay a little bit because you're also not paying your first quarter 2024, assuming that in, in my example. And a question on that one, Chris, too, just for those that are listening that maybe have never made these quarterly estimated tax payments before, you know, it, it might seem a little unsettling to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to pay this. And oh, my gosh, what if I overpay it? Like you would just mention there, you know, you could roll it into future quarters is there, I mean, can people, you know, opt in or opt out of that and take a refund instead? Or how, how does that work? Is, the, is there an option there for taxpayers? Absolutely. You could take the refund. If you overpay it, then you could take a refund on on the, the tax return. So for, for our example, let's say you're on, it's you're paying your fourth quarter estimated tax payment for 2023. You're paying that. You listen to this podcast. You're like, all right, yeah, I, I think I'm going to owe, you know, I had a more, and, and you overpay. You could take a refund or you can apply it to the 2024 quarterlies. It just depends on your personal situation. So absolutely, you can get a refund for that. It's not gone to never, never land. It's credited to your account. Back in the day, it was like a layaway. People don't do layaway anymore uh, but because they're actually credit cards and stuff like that. But before that, back in the day, think about it like a layaway plan. So so if, you really, if, if you're one of those self-employed individuals and say your spouse or partner, significant other is 
or has gets a W-2. You know, just for the sake of poking the bear with Chris, we're going to call it a W-2 employee because I know he loves that so much when people refer to that. So never, never call anybody that, by the way. Your tax pro will probably punch you in the throat. Um, and if they don't, they should. But back on track. Well, no, that's all right. Well, W, at least a W two employee, it's, it might be redundant. The one that you want to slap someone is when they say, "I'm a, I'm a, 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 a ten ninety nine employee." You can't be both, right? That's the one. See, I just, I just play it safe. I just refer to the, you know, I just don't say anything. <laughs> Anyways, but what you, what you can do is have a little fun with it, right? If you really want to be a, a smart, you know what, and. Your your partner, significant other, spouse is you know so proud that they get a refund every year, just overpaid by a couple bucks, and then you get a refund for a couple dollars and say, hey, "Look, I did too," um, or rolling it. But anyways, back back to the regular regularly scheduled program as we move forward. Yeah, so let's talk about what happens if you don't make these payments. Now, the IR you will if you don't make the quarterly estimated tax payments or you don't pay your full tax, but with an extension. Um, the IRS will um, assess you some penalties and interest for not paying. Now, those penalties and interest are tied with LIBOR and they're tied with the current interest rates by the Fed. So three years ago, we had a lot of clients, especially our real estate investor clients that said, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to pay my taxes until they're due in October, you know, until I file my return in October. And I know I'm going to get penalized 2%, 2.5%. Well, that was pretty cheap financing. Well, now that rate's up to 7%. So the the tax the penalty for not making your estimated tax payment has over tripled in the last three years. And so now we have a lot more people making sure they make those quarterly estimated tax payments. So you can get penalized and you can pay interest on the money you should have owed the IRS either on, on January 15th or April 15th, those two previous deadlines. So the penalties can be significant and actually... The, if you owe a state tax, those are even usually more significant than the IRS. But so make sure you make those quarterly estimated tax payments, um, and work with work with someone to figure that out. And in in you know a lot of times we tell business owners and and self employed people to even set up a separate bank account that they move 30 percent of their net income in to be say you know on average and make in that way it's out of sight out of mind. And make those estimated tax payments, um, you know, from that account. Now, <clears throat> want to touch finally on how you make the payments. You've got a couple options. You can go snail mail and and mail in your estimated tax payments using a voucher. That form is a 1040-ES. Let's put that in the show notes also. So you can do it by mail, or you can simply set up an account with the IRS at irs.gov and enroll in their electronic payment system where you can log in and make a payment at any time. And you can actually make a payment without logging in, but I highly recommend you set up an account up with the IRS. It's super easy. I do it myself and you can log in and make payments. So that way, even though you're required to make payments quarterly, if you're a business owner and you want to budget and want to just get that those payments made monthly, you can log into the IRS system and pay monthly if you want. Uh, just make sure that you click on the proper quarter to apply the payment to. So you can pay electronically through the IRS's website, or you can mail the payments using a 1040ES. Or there are so there is some software. The only one I know about for sure is QuickBooks Online Self-Employed. You can actually make those tax payments 
right through that software. So those are your options for making the payment. I personally like just making the payments right on the IRS website, and that way they're they're um, they're confirmed, and there's no hey uh, the IRS cash it because remember if you're mailing a check to the IRS, typically a human's going to process that that payment, and this is going to take time. Absolutely, and we all know, right? Humans, as much as we love others and love ourselves, we are a unreliable species. I guess we could say. So that being said, you know, Chris, this is, this show is really an outlier. We use two words or terms or descriptions in this show as it relates to the IRS and taxes that we normally do not use. So really early on, we mentioned flexibility and we wrapped up with the word easy, doing something easy. Um, pretty rare. I'm still in shock. So that being said, if you're not familiar with this, take full advantage of this. I mean, we condensed a lot of information down. Chris, you did a great job explaining it, you know, roughly about 20 minutes here. Don't even, you don't even have to bother doing a Google search on what the heck it is. All your information's right here. So Chris, you described it perfect and you guys do this all the time in your private practice, right? Absolutely. Definitely make sure you make those quarterly estimated tax payments. And I'm going to wrap up by saying, you know, we, we say in teaching tax law that tax agencies are our involuntary business partner. I have to say the IRS is making strides to make things easier. You would think they've done this a long time ago. They're a collection agency. They're making things easier, making things easier for you to pay. Obviously, there's a lot of data security concerns and that sort of stuff. So take advantage of the technology. And um, again, let us know if you have any questions. Happy New Year. And have a great rest of the day. Awesome, Chris. Awesome. Well, yep. Everybody take advantage of this information. Um, definitely take note of some of those forms Chris had mentioned in there and just the the purpose behind them, right? So we referenced that form 2210, I believe is what it was. And really think of that as the explainer of why you're doing what you're doing. But then also, I mean, like Chris, you had mentioned you wanted to detail on just those penalties alone, right? I mean, yeah, sure. The IRS is absolutely doing a lot to make life a lot easier on us, which is fantastic, right? So it's not like we're talking, you know, old world mafia organized crime style. They're going to hit you in the kneecaps and take you out. But they will hit you in the bank account now where it counts as well. So that being said, re-listen to this one as many times as you need to, as well as the other shows. We are rolling through these things week by week. Check them out. Let us know what you think. Questions, comments, ideas, guest thoughts, shoot them to us. We love it. Same time, same place. Back here next week on the Teaching Taxful Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us as always here on the podcast. Hopefully you learned a little bit from this one regarding those quarterly estimated tax payments, the importance of them, and what happens if you do not make those payments. If you have to, of course, if they apply to you. So again, hopefully you took some good information from this. If you were a little confused going into it, hopefully you are not as confused about what they are moving forward. And if it completely does not relate to you, well, then now you know. Does it relate to you? Let everybody else stress about it. So that being said, always feel free to join that Defeating Taxes private Facebook group, which is run by the Teaching Tax Flow team. Just go to defeatingtaxes.com. Very easy. Sends you directly to that Facebook group. You don't even have to search for it on Facebook. We make it that easy and efficient. Now, speaking of easy and efficient... 
we have some news coming up here in the next couple weeks that we are going to start offering. Oh, you thought I was going to tell you what it was there, but I am not. I am going to leave you with a cliffhanger, but I will tell you this about the news coming down the pipeline. So the best hint I can really give you is everybody needs to do this. And it has been one of the biggest asks of our community members. So I won't say any more. I can't talk about it anymore because I'll start to give away too much information. So until next time, let's continue defeating taxes. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum.